Hello, everyone. This is Andrew Kohenka, and you are listening to the 11th episode of Can You Colloquy featuring Collateral. They are a trio, a little three piece uh, grunge punk rock band coming out of the Orlando Apopka area of Florida. They have nicknamed their their genre of music uh, Swamp Rock. I think it fits. They definitely have that vibe to them. They've been active and grinding for a couple years now. No, uh, no official recorded music out yet. They have a couple singles out on Bandcamp. Uh, Without Pain and Swamp Holiday, released towards the end of COVID. They stayed busy. DIY type stuff. If you want to go check it out, it's on their band camp. Um, They're on Instagram, Facebook. Super cool dudes. They they got a little bit of a history together. The guitarist and the bassist go way back. Um, They never really, I guess, had the timing until recently. And they have been playing around the Central Florida scene ever since. They hooked up with the front man for Colorblind Dinosaurs, another Orlando uh, band, ska-type punk rockers. Also very active in the central florida area playing all over the place but they they've banded together to form the three piece known as collateral like i said they've got a couple singles out go check them out they're on bandcamp they've got a show coming up on july 31st at grumpy's underground it's going to be five dollars at the door Doors are at 8. The lineup features Collateral, The Amphetamines, and Adam Dive at Grumpy's. I said that at a bunch, but, you know, details are important. Say them as many times as you need to. You need to remember the details. So, we we met up a, a little while back, right before their uh, set at um, Bat Ranch. Another Bat Ranch episode coming at ya. They played... I caught them there actually like twice. Like back to back. I think there were a couple weeks between the sets. Really fun show. Jammy. They've got some off the dome jams. In between their, their originals. Got a couple covers in there too. But they are very anxious to record and get something official out there. Hopefully it's in the cards soon. But until then, until then, enjoy enjoy Collateral on Can You Colloquy. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to them. I hope you uh, enjoy the show. Stick around. Yeah, see you on the flip. I'm Andrew Kohenka, and you guys are? We're Collateral. I'm Austin. I'm Max. My name is The Bread Man. 
and they are collateral. So uh, yeah, uh, caught you guys here at the Bat Ranch last time. What uh, two weeks ago, almost just about. Yeah, you played with uh, Cat Register, uh, Streetlights for Empty Streets. Um, Colorblind Dinosaurs played that night too. Shout out. Shout out. And that's your other project, right? Yeah, that's my band. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, what's it like playing in both bands? It's fun, you know? Like, they're actually from Eustace and we're from Mount Dora, so, like, we get to do a lot of stuff together. You know, there's a lot of opportunities to play in town that way, you know? It's pretty cool. Cool. Hey, you guys are playing around a lot. What's it like playing, like, uh, two shows in one night? It's honestly fun. Like, I've done it. I've probably done four in one night. That's like my record, you know? No way. Yeah, but it's fun, you know? I never mind. That was on Lake Rec. Yeah. Yeah, Lake Rec, he played like four or five times for four or five different bands. I had to turn it down to, to four, actually. And he did sound. Yeah, and he did sound. It was you ran sound for that? Yeah, yeah, I ran sound also. I'm fucking playing like four times. <laughs> what other bands did you play with? Played with uh, Petty Problems and Spider Bucket. Other local, like, Orlando bands? or Yeah, yeah, other local bands. My cousin's band is Spider Bucket. So, uh, Collateral, though. You guys started, what, 2019-ish? Uh, well, late 2018, we started. Um, basically, I moved back from Cocoa Beach, and me and this guy have been friends since, like, fifth grade. And I said, you know, I, I just want to start making music. So we kind of linked up and started from there, from late 2018, yeah. So how'd you guys start? Um, well, originally my brother, what's up, Josh? He was drumming for us. He was our first drummer, but he, he had college and a project car to work on, and he was just like, I don't have time. So, um, we went through a few drummers, actually, before we landed this guy. But, um, now we started off, like, we did not have any direction. It was, like, somewhat folk punk, somewhat classic rock. Like, we didn't really know what we were doing. I was... I was doing a lot of like busking, like street performing, and he would he would want to join me, so I would like teach him a couple bass lines to just like follow along with me, and then eventually we just like, you know what? Why are we not trying harder than this? We can we can be a band, and then his brother came into play because we needed a drummer at that point, which his drummer. Ah, he was a jazz drummer and all, so he had a whole bunch of, like, weird ideas. So we could get, like, kind of a sound that we weren't hearing around here. Because at the time, everybody was mostly playing, like, hardcore and hardcore. stuff like that. Yeah. With lot, the exception of, of, like, his other band, Colorblind, which is, like, a pop the more pop-punk, ska-influenced, yeah. you know, slaps. So, like, we kind of saw an opportunity to, like bring forward a kind of different sound that wasn't happening around here and then once we noticed people like it we were like fuck let's keep going yeah yeah man like um i don't know we, we, we at this point we don't really have any music out we just you know we found a cool group of people in our local area that like really like fuck with us and vibe with us so like it, it's it this is all i could ask for honestly you know yeah, the Orlando uh, community is very tight, I've noticed. Uh, bands stick together, support each other. Always people at shows. Um, 
How do you guys feel about like the Orlando community compared to maybe like Kissimmee or like Northern Florida, like acts and their scenes and stuff like that? Have you guys been outside of this this little tight scene? Um, we haven't played outside of the scene. I've heard a lot of bands come like from St. Pete and stuff like that to play here. Actually, a lot of hardcore out there. Um, it, it, it's mostly hardcore actually out there. But the Orlando scene, like, as soon as, like, we played our first show at Grumpy's or Uncle Lou's, I'm like, okay, this is a scene that, like, they can really, like, appreciate this kind of music, and, like, that's kind of where we stuck, you know? Any, anytime you see kids get thrown through, like, ceilings, yeah. that's when you know you're in the right place. <laughs> no way, what is that? You seen that? Yeah, that, hap yeah. that happened the first time we played at Grumpy's. We, uh, we weren't even supposed to, like, be there. We were playing a show next to them at, uh, at Uncle Lou's. And that show kind of fell through because nobody really came. So we were like, guys, this is a fat turnout. Let us play in this lineup. And we were like, three songs. Just let us play three songs. And if they like us... Yeah, pretty much. And, yeah, this, this, I was watching back the videos, and I didn't realize it at the time, but... This dude, he's like crowd surfing, and he's like damn near going through the ceiling tiles. I'm like, Marshall. Right. Marshall, Montgomery Drive? From Pocket Change. From Pocket Change, yeah, 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 yeah. I actually think he's going to be here tonight. He's coming back? Yeah, he's, he's on vacation right now. Him, yeah. him and Bodie are going to fucking be here. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's back from New York. He, I went, Bodie went through the ceiling, too. Like it yeah. Was, yeah, they took turns. <laughs> Bodie would go through the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, but yeah, the, the Orlando scene, like, we got nothing but love for, like, most of the bands out there, like, they've, they've all supported us, and we try our best to support them, you know, like, go out into the shows and stuff like that. The more, the more shows we play, the more it seems like we find, like, different sounds, like, like we, like we wanted to start. It kind of gives us a little bit more, I guess, inspiration to keep going, because, like, everybody's starting to do something different now. And yeah, you gotta kind of like adjust your own unique act into fitting with kind of what's going on. Exactly. I think that every new band, especially local bands that start off, kind of have that like growth period where they start off with one idea and then like eventually they realize how the scene is and how they can adjust to it and then they change their sound a little bit, you know? Yeah. I noticed you guys like have been uh, toying around with folk sounds, uh, mixing it with punk and um, a lot of blues shredding. Uh, slide guitars and stuff like that. So was there that growth period? Did you guys notice that or it was hindsight 2020 and you didn't really know you were changing your sound until you were collateral? I mean, it was part partly conscious because there was always the uh, We'd write a song and slap it together and then we're like People didn't like that one or that one doesn't that that doesn't groove like it's supposed to and then we're like what if we fuck with this and then put a different element to a song and yeah, then change it completely. Read people's crowd response, you know, see how like they react. Our, one of our most popular songs is called Dementophobia, which is like a, it's like basically a ska punk song. Minus the horns. I wrote it as a, as a hip hop beat on an organ. Yeah, and it transferred to a bass line and then a punk song somehow. So stuff evolves like it's all it's not really even about having a genre or anything like that it's like what the song needs we don't try to do anything specific it's just 
always what that specific song needs or how we're feeling. So speaking of ska and uh, horn sections and stuff like that, I noticed way back in February uh, 9th, 2020, um, you posted something uh, regarding a horn section. So, um, have you toyed around with that concept maybe for, um, for recording? Like, have you guys started writing material with horns and a brass section in mind or? Um, no, nothing really in mind. The, the horn was, the horns were kind of like an afterthought. I forgot what song it was. It was Dementophobia. It was Dementophobia. We yeah. thought we could put like... Like a saxophone, I have a really stuff like weird that. Guitar solo in there, and I thought we could put either like a, a weird <laughs> trumpet solo or a sax solo. Sax solo would be badass on it, actually. But we don't know any saxophone players, so if you're a saxophone player and you're watching, there's one right there. What are the fucking odds? <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah. But uh, yeah, more more or less in the studio, we would want a, like the horn element. Um, Live, I'm not sure, and it depends on how that progresses, you know. But we, we actually haven't played with any horn players or anything like that, but... Well, not with a full band. We have played with a horn player, just me and him. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of going more progressive metal at that point, which yeah. is weird with a horn. I liked it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've noticed you are smoking. Yes. How long have you been smoking? Oh, man, since I was like 13. Like, yeah. How'd you get into it? Um, I originally, like, I used to hang out with, like, a lot older, like, skateboarders and stuff like that. And I used to bum smokes off them, and then I started taking them from my grandma, like, behind her back. And, um, yeah, I, I started doing it for all the wrong reasons, you know. I smoke because I need it. You know, that's the way mine, mine works, and I know that's the worst explanation possible. <laughs> Has it always been Camel Blues? Yeah. Uh, well, my grandma smokes Salem 100s, like the extreme, like it's like you're smoking Listerine. And um, those are one of the ones that I like, I would, you know, pocket behind her back. But sorry if you're watching this. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I and eventually developed my own taste and I did not like menthols at all. It's just what I could get. And I tried Marlboro Reds. And I was just like, eh. And I found these, and I just started smoking these. And I'm like, these aren't bad. I like these, you know? You prefer the 99s over the shorties? Yeah, 100%. 100%. There's more to smoke. <laughs> it lasts longer. Yes, exactly. Uh, he does it for smoke breaks at work. I do. I do, yes. If, if you're working in the food industry, you gotta. <laughs> That's why I started vaping. I, like, no reason to, to leave the kitchen besides, I gotta have a smoke. <laughs> I don't I don't work dishes anymore though. Screw that. How long have you been drumming? Uh drumming I've actually done longer than guitar playing or anything else. I've drummed since probably I was like eleven, you know. And I picked it up pretty quickly and I didn't start like drumming out and performing and like shows in front of crowds outside of my house until like I was in senior year. And I actually started off that way like playing with a cover band and then eventually I started jamming out in my own band and then found these guys later on down the line, you know? How'd you guys meet up? Just through the scene or? Yeah, like we, we heard about them being a band from the next town right over from us, which is like really weird for us to hear because that's not like a common thing. Yeah. And then uh, we came and saw them play here one time, me and my friend Devin. 
shout out to Bay Street. Yeah, shout out to Bay Street. Our first show, actually, uh, he was doing the sound. Our first show was here, and that's how it, like he was doing sound for us, and we eventually saw that he was in Colorblind Dinosaurs. I'm like, oh fuck yeah! Like when I saw his band, like I got chills because I, I'm a sucker for like some pop punk with a horn section, you know, like I, that. It just it just hits the funny bone the right way, you know. Sometimes I get chills. Like last time they performed here was like the first time in months, and I was just like, home, I'm home. Yeah. Have you guys ever heard of Skanksgiving at West End Trading Company? Yeah, we, actually, we got to play that one year. It was oh, yeah? pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, with, with, with colorblind. With colorblind. Yeah, colorblind dinosaurs. Sorry, <laughs> not with collateral. What year was that? I think that was 2018. Collateral's not cool enough for Skanksgiving. <laughs> We're not ska enough. <laughs> you got one song. One song is good enough, in my opinion. Skanksgiving. Uh, Skanksgiving is definitely insane. Me and my bassist over there, uh, uh, we've been there a couple times. We went, I think, like two or three years in a row. And it's just, it's, uh, speaking of community, like, it's really tight to just see, like, all those ska bands just come together and appreciate that mentality and just spread the love for the this a lot of checkerboard yeah, a lot definitely. of checkerboard yeah full of it yeah oh yeah <laughs> oh man but uh yeah i i'm they, they have something similar out there now called uh hurricane party so it's like ska reggae anywhere in between and i actually haven't been i'm going this year though 100 percent. yeah yeah it was sad to miss the last year corona Ugh. Yeah. but um Recorded music when? So what's the deal with that? I, I, have you guys been writing material? Do you have a plan? I know it's expensive. That's yeah, one of that's the yeah. Main reason. It's it's just the money. Like we we have more than an album of material. It's just it's gonna cost a lot of money to do it. Like and then, and then after the money is deciding what to actually record and what to either save for later or start working on it all over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's uh, that's the one thing mainly holding us back. Everything that we have a had out on either Bandcamp or YouTube, I recorded on like the microphone of my phone, in in, in the semi truck trailer that we play. In. I was about to ask about the oh. practice space. Was it a semi? Was it a garage? Was it a pod? What's going on with that? That's my house. That's your house. I live in a forty-eight foot dry box semi trailer, which was a race car trailer. Yeah. So it's got like ramps in the side where we put all the instruments on the side so there's a walk space and all. But uh, the acoustics are really weird. It's very vibrate and like it's a tin can. We always wanted it's to record in we always wanted to record in there because we could be as loud as we want, but it's like the vibration's going to be hard to put like on a microphone yeah. without mm -hmm. getting it picked up. Mm -hmm. Have to put the fucking amp in a styrofoam box or some shit. Yeah. You've got an insane amp. You've got a custom, what, K200, right? Um, it's actually, usually I, I play a Fender 212, but it's so full of dust right now that I can't get my volume knob to work anymore. It's just not making any noise. So I switched over to, it's actually an acoustic amp, believe it or not. Yeah. It's a um, Sienna 65, so it's only a 65 watt, but it's got a 100 watt speaker in it, so that's... I use my uh, I use my stage amp for my bedroom too because I could just put it in there and it's only a little 65 watt and it doesn't blast my head off. But I plug it into the 412 and 
I don't know what the technical wattage would be at that point, but I think it you would still be 60. Water, I think it would still be 65, just a lot louder. So the uh, the stack is a um, is a Behringer 412. That thing looks huge, by the way. Oh yeah, it's a bitch, but <laughs> it's heavy. So what's your profile picture? It's a button, but I've seen it posted a couple times. Is it a museum, an art gallery? Where was that taken? One of like Disney hotel. Yeah. Okay. Disney so hotel. one night it was back when the band was just us two. Yeah. So we're like, we need some band pictures, and I'm like, fuck it, let's just go to Orlando. And then I had the idea, like, let's go to the Contemporary Hotel at Disney. Say say we have dinner reservations and get, just get in the park for free. And then we walked around and there's like this big open area at the Contemporary. It's like the convention center. It's just completely empty. And the picture originally was a seat underneath a light and he was sitting on the seat and the light looked like a button. So I took the picture of him sitting on that seat and then I just kind of like enhanced it. I'm like, looks like a good logo. So it's it's been, it's been that ever since, you know? Very cool. I saw it around and I was like, I don't know what this is. Uh, like I said, it reminded me of like some sort of art piece or something, but I knew it was going to be not that. I knew it was going to be something just like a hallway and it was just like a lamp or, but... That's a cool lamp, you know? Like that's, that's pretty much it. <laughs> the coolest things are usually the simplest things, huh? Exactly, exactly. So goodwill and thrifting, huh? Yeah? You do a lot of thrifting? Oh yeah, dude. Everything I'm wearing right now, thrifted, off the internet, thrifted. It's it, m most of what I wear is from the thrift Honestly, store. Honestly, I don't think I bought anything I'm wearing. <laughs> I made this. Like it, I went tie dyeing with my mom. You gotta have that drip on a budget, man. Oh yeah. Yeah, of course. But uh, yeah, man. There's especially in these like we live in a really backwoods town, so like old grandpas and stuff like that with their wacky ass button-ups and stuff like that and they eventually die and then their families just here goodwill like right have it the villages so we get all the dope ass like pimp and grandpa clothes oh yeah oh yeah except you always got to be sure to wash it because you never you never they know what comes died out. in that shirt exactly you yeah. never know what comes out of the villages yeah the villages are a cesspool the villages are insane we worked out there. We lived very close to it. Oh, I, Let me. The villages is like the STD capital of Florida. I worked yeah. at a restaurant. No, no, the, world. I'm, the world. I went. I worked at a restaurant out there. I'm not going to name the restaurant because I don't want to get fucking sued. But there was blood leaking down the men's toilet for a week, and nobody wanted to touch it because of the STD problem out there. <laughs> that's why avoid the villages at all costs. That's that's when you get like. You cover the toilet in like four layers of toilet paper, and then you still it. hover. <laughs> yeah, you still hover. Papa squat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Catch me doing Spider-Man moves out there trying to take a shit. <laughs> like hanging upside down from the ceiling. Someone, I bring it up because someone at the last show actually uh, screamed out they loved your shirt, I believe. And you said, uh, fuck yeah thrifting. So fuck yeah thrifting, huh? Fuck yeah thrifting. You guys cop anything like cool as of late? Anything stand out? Um, I was gonna wear this shirt, but I decided not to. It was like it's got these like cool like ancient Japanese like transcripts and pictures and stuff like that, and like uh, like pictures and of like them like building a community or something. It looked really cool and trippy, but I, I decided not to wear it because it was a little heavy, you know. I uh, I didn't buy a shirt last time I was in a Goodwill, but. 
For fifteen dollars, I found a uh, a Korean-made acoustic guitar from the '70s without a bridge on it. So I was like, "Yep, buying it." And I took it home, and I put a bridge on it, and the action on it's like that high, but it's the perfect like slide guitar. It sounds just like you're from the '40s playing. I get like a a chrome slide, and then I sound just like Elwood James or some shit like that. Oh yeah. I picked it up for the first time. I'm like, you can't get the sound out of any other guitar. You had to have like, this is this guitar's sound, you know? Oh yeah. It might it might show up on some of our recordings because I got a the bridge I put on it has a pickup in it, and I got to figure out how to wire it up. But sound really good for some like transy slide stuff. I tune it weird. What are some of your favorite like alternate tunings? All. Most of the time I'm, I'm in like open tunings, which I'll use like open E or open D. And recently I've been taking, I've been taking my high E when I'm in open D and tuning it down to a minor. And I'll get like this weird, like psychedelic slide stuff that I've got going on. We got a song coming out with that eventually. Cause I'm like not letting go of this one riff I'm doing with it. <laughs> I love it. Dedicated. My dad was the one who, uh, who introduced me to slide. Like, the first thing I learned how to do on guitar was either slide or tapping, which is Yeah, because I learned it on an acoustic. My dad's just like, here, watch this. I'm like, that's what that does? And then it took me 10 more years after that to finally pick up a stringed instrument and start playing it. But I guess... That's kind of where I got my start, playing. So you've been playing pretty much almost your whole life. Uh, yeah, like trying to. I didn't really get serious until I didn't really get serious until I was about thirteen, and then he he showed me a baseline. He showed me Subliminal by uh, Suicidal Tendencies. Suicidal Tendencies, which is just the easiest <laughs> thing ever. I think it's like it's four notes, and once I figured out how a stringed instrument works, it's all all, all over past that. Yeah, I, I've I've seen this man pick up a mandolin, learn how to play it in 15 minutes. Like, I, I love me some strings. Yeah. Is that what you copped uh, a couple years back? A uh, little mandolin, eight stringed instrument, looks like a ute or lute or something. Uh, I love that little thing. It's a. Uh, he did his research. <laughs> yes, I like this man. He, what's that? What's that one? It's like Nardwar, where he knows yes. everything. His hair is similar too. <laughs> All right, so yeah, it was a. It's what they call a an A-shaped mandolin instead of like your one with F holes, because like most stuff didn't have F holes until like the late 1800s and stuff. Other before that, it looked like loops and shit. As far as I'm, my knowledge, don't don't quote me on that. I'm no expert, but it's a it's a really old one. I don't know how old, but I figured out how to play it. I just got to where I could shred on it. And I left it leaning the wrong way one day, and it wasn't it wasn't a very expensive one. I traded in a, a Gretsch copy for it, so it was only a hundred bucks. And shouldn't have that Gretsch copy ripped. Oh, yeah, it did, but it it that it too much feedback. It was full hollow body, but it the neck split on it, so the it had a two piece neck and it went like this. Yep. So I either gotta glue it or just buy a good mandolin. I want to buy an Epiphone or something. 
I'd like to have a collateral song with some mandolin in there. I like bluegrass. Mandolin's beautiful. I, uh, I just... I've wanted to mess around with it myself, but I've never found like a place for it yet. I just, it's fun to like jam on. It's fun to just riff on. Um, your guys' number one fan, uh, Pablo. Pablo dances on a street corner. Yeah, okay, Pablo. Pablo. <laughs> I forgot about so, okay, I, I, I lived out in Cocoa Beach for about four years, and there was this guy. I'm not going to shame him for his addiction, but he was obviously on meth. Um,. But he just kind of did his thing on the street corner. And um, I have a theory, because it's so close to the NASA compound, he could be an alien. Uh, like I've, Hot take. Hot fucking take, but, <laughs> you know, I've seen a lot of weird shit go down over there. Like, they may have popped out a couple aliens, and they're just kind of, like, on the street in Cocoa Beach right now. Talking all crazy. <laughs> Someone in black shit. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. What do you guys think about aliens? Oh, they're definitely out there, man. Oh, for real. I think that we're honestly just aliens on our own planet, you know? <laughs> Whoa, man. Dude, you're getting real philosophical with me, bro. What was before us? Dinosaurs, man. So we're the aliens to the dinosaurs. For real, bro, we came from Mars. <laughs> That's kind of a hard concept right there, bro. Have you heard the You're theory that, like, the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs was, like, a giant spaceship that the humans came on? <laughs> Yo, but that sounds... You've got me completely captivated. Yeah. I... I don't know. It was just a meme. But I don't... <laughs> conspiracy theories are just gonna start turning into memes. Like, memes are conspiracy theories now. For sure. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 100%. How do you guys feel about meme culture? Uh... It is... It is the only way we've survived this yeah. tough, tough yeah. world. Memes have kept me from, you know, you know, what a few we, times. Where would we be without the joy of humor? Exactly. You know, I feel, I feel like throughout 2020 especially, memes were important. Because, like, what were we all doing in 20? We were sitting inside, on our phones, on our computers. Like, it's making light of a bad situation, and, you know, we can all relate to it and, you know, laugh at it. But uh, can we just point out that in this past like span of three years, as a culture, this planet's humor has gotten significantly darker. It is deteriorated <laughs> past the point of concern. Wow. We're in the darkest timeline. Oh, used yeah. To, used to be, remember the rule where it was like, okay, at least 26 years before we can joke about a national tragedy. tragedy. And now a school shooting happens, and the next day there's a meme about the school shooter kid. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. Some okay. of these are funny, but y'all are screwed so up. Fucked up, man. <laughs> Your thoughts on meme culture? Memes, you know, they're not going anywhere. Sometimes they help, sometimes they don't, you know. But I think they kind of teach people how to not take anything so seriously, which I do enjoy, you know. It's uh, easy to get caught up in the seriousness of everything, huh? I think, yeah. I yeah. think if. Like I said earlier, something about an asteroid. I think if an asteroid was coming to hit us right now and we knew that the entire human race would be just blown out, everybody would be making memes about it. Well, it's mm -hmm. happening. The, I think it was like a Japanese rocket or something. They accidentally fucking launched the building with it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I guess it's like somewhere, somewhere on Earth it's going to land. <laughs> I have no... Like, it, hey... So, <laughs> So it is already happening. Memes are happening about it. Oh, Natoshi. 
Please tell me. Please tell me you hit release. Dude, no. That no. fucker went up with it. <laughs> the, Took the, the whole, whole goddamn tower? building into the sky. <laughs> the whole launch the whole launch tower. <laughs> Welcome back. That was Collateral. This has been the eleventh episode of Can You Colloquy? The next episode, uh, for all my fans out there who can't count, the twelfth episode of Can You Colloquy will be featuring a wasted, uh, half of which they're a duo. So half of the duo I've uh, known for quite some time. Evie Menshikova, go way back. She's from the the more North Florida scene, Palm Coast, Daytona type area. So we used to run around with them a lot, hang out, playhouse parties, did some mad grilling at uh, a 4th of July release party that they threw for uh, an album that was for a band she was previously in. It was fun, good times. It was good to catch up with her and... Uh, hear about their their new project, uh, Awasted. So keep an, keep an eye out, keep an ear out. Whichever sense is uh, superior to the other for you, um, just pay attention, I guess. Uh, it'll be coming out in about two weeks, just in time for their album release. They're putting out a project July 28th. And three days after July 28th is July 31st. And what's on July 31st? Well, if you've forgotten, uh, Collateral is having a show at Grumpy's. $5 at the door. Grumpy's Underground, 8 p.m. Be there, be square. I will be playing with Adam Dive. We'll be opening for our good friends, the Amphetamines, the new and improved trio. I love this new trio they got going on. It's tight. They're so tight. They're on point. They got a lot of power. It's going to be a night of trios, three pieces. So come out, have some fun. Um... Until then, until then, enjoy life. Enjoy the little moments. Have some fun. Live on the edge. You never know when you're going to fall off. This has been Can You Call a Quee. Hope you guys have enjoyed the show. Catch you next time. Bye.